back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us uh, today uh, to continue the conversation on all things uh, Catholic. Uh, my name is uh, Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan over Hello. here to my left. And you may see uh, Matt Van Milligan here, and a guest between me and Matt today. Matt, this is your lovely wife, Teresa Marie Van Milligan. Teresa Marie, welcome to you. Hello, thank you. I'm excited Honestly, to be here. Honestly, it's such a joy to have you here today because... Uh, for those of you people who don't know you, uh, you do such beautiful ministry in our parish community uh, with the RCIA program. You know, you really journey with people and uh, we baptized uh, people from our RCIA yeah, uh, program. Great. You are always a good role model to them. You're a good person of faith. You're a great mother. Uh, you know, you're Thank faithful. You. You're a good prayer. I can't say enough good things about uh, <laughs> Teresa Marie. But uh, we brought you on today, not because you're a good prayer, uh, <laughs> but because of your expertise in the field that we're talking about today, which is natural family planning. And of course, you're in the healthcare field. You're a nurse practitioner. Yes. And uh, you and Matt have been married for how long? 10 years this year. Wow. 10 yeah. years. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Matt, yeah. amazing. Yeah. You yeah, would yeah. find someone like this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And if I can share, you yeah. guys have, well, maybe you guys can share. <laughs> there's great news in your family right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're expecting baby number five. Baby number five. Yes. On so, purpose. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Baby number five. Yeah. I think, I think she just uh, took the crown for, for segues from you. <laughs> so you have four boys right now, yeah. right? There's Noah, Thaddeus, Samuel, and Michael, yeah. and you're expecting, do, when are you due? End of November. That's amazing. Congratulations. Okay, so today we're talking about natural family planning. And uh, I think this is a beautiful topic that we don't talk a lot about. You, however, both of you talk about this at our marriage preparation mm -hmm. programs, right? And and uh, the people that you talk to just come alive. Like they've never heard of this before or even how to do it, you know? So today we're just grateful that you're going to share with us a little bit about natural family planning. Because uh, for those of us who don't know, natural family planning is is supported by the church, right? It's, uh, well, probably like the, re the recommended way by the church. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. 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 But it's not just for Catholics. No, it's, and there's a movement towards it because people are getting tired of hormones and birth control and surgeries to try to fix the fertility issue when we can work with our fertility, with our hormones and, and have similar or same outcomes. Right. So for people who don't know, like, what is natural family planning? Like, what is it? So first of all, I'm not an expert in natural family planning. I don't, <laughs> I, we, I don't teach the methods, right. but uh, personally, we've practiced it for the 10 years of our marriage. It's been a real blessing for us. And I think, I think people don't realize it's doable. It's yeah. doable. And it's a blessing to yeah. be able to yeah. do it, that it's, that it's not just hardship. And I think sometimes that's, it's, people are like, no, 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 that's too hard. You just end up pregnant over and over and over again. <laughs> right. and, that, and that's yeah. just not true. Yeah. So what it is, is the medical field calls it fertility awareness-based methods, which is a new movement because natural family planning, people just think of the rhythm method. You know, 28-day yeah. cycles, day 14, you ovulate, just avoid sex on day 14, and... You I won't get pregnant. I can say sex, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's sex month here on the Catholic <laughs> Buzz Podcast. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. right. We don't hold anything back. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so rhythm method. It's it, the rhythm method is is you go for a certain amount of time and just don't have sex when you, the woman could be pregnant. And but it it's goes based with, off math. Yes, and is based on w- the women's cycles follow the moon, which yeah. is like a twenty eight day lunar cycle. You always ovulate on the same day, but, but that doesn't any happen. woman <laughs> who knows her cycle knows that is not how it works. Right. Yeah. You know, every woman's cycle can be completely different. It can be anywhere from twenty one to forty two days. And still be normal. Yeah. So to assume and you... And things uh, can affect it like stress or whatever, right? Yes. Yeah. So the, the rhythm method, which yeah. is... This was invented in the 1960s as a response to when birth control was being made available. Yeah. And the Catholic Church was kind of recognizing that, oh, oh, we don't maybe agree with this. But also maybe we need to help people learn more about their fertility. Yeah. And so this, is, this was the beginning of the research. And but we, we know a lot more now. We about- know so much more now. <laughs> yeah. But so... Now, still, the medical field sees all fertility awareness-based methods a lot of times, not everyone. A lot of times, they see it as that, the rhythm method, which was only 67% effective. So yeah. 50 like mm. almost 50% of the time, yeah, almost, right. it didn't, you became pregnant when you weren't meaning to, yeah. or in situations where maybe you couldn't, you shouldn't become, you yeah. medically should not become pregnant. Right. So that happened. And then in the 1980s, more research was being done. And the John Paul II Institute started to do research. Like, okay, we need a better way. There must be a better way. There must be more. And what they started to do was do research into women's hormones and how do women's hormones work and what's the, what, what, you know, what is the trend? What are cycles doing? And the interesting thing is they started to cure fertility issues. As they started to come into realization of what women's cycles are doing, they were able to start fixing things, the women that were having fertility issues. And so now, the Creighton method is that method that was started by the, no, John Paul VI, John VI Institute. Pope Paul VI? What year was that? It was nice, started in the 80s. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, so. (laughs) That institute developed the Yeah, and so, but now it's, we're 40 years on from that. And we have a lot. And now the Creighton method, which is that method, is 98% effective when used perfectly. Wow. Typical use is lower. It's like 90 something. It's still in the 90s percent. Because typical use and perfect use are different. Perfect use is that you follow every rule exactly every single time. Typical use, people don't. Yeah, people aren't perfect. Yeah. Which, which for the record is comparable or better than yes. a lot of the chemical contraceptives. So or, birth control yeah. pills yeah. are perfect use, ninety eight percent effective, same as Creighton. Yeah. Typical use in the high nine, in the low nineties, high eighties percent wow. effective. Yeah. Because a lot of women don't remember to take their birth control pill every day. Wow. Yeah. So, so things like that. It's it is comparable. Same with the Marquette method. It's ninety eight percent effective when used perfectly. Typical use is somewhere in the high nineties. So both you're saying both both methods NFP yeah. are high are typical use are still high 90s yeah, yeah. still effective still effective yeah. so uh, if I'm understanding correctly what you're saying like so natural family planning is sort of like an umbrella term yes for all these different methods is that the right terminology anything that doesn't use active birth control so vaginal condoms penis condoms, uh, IUDs, anything like that. If it doesn't, if you don't use anything, they call it natural family planning. Okay. Which is a huge umbrella turn and it obviously doesn't gain a lot of respect because, well, if you, if you use nothing, then you can call it natural family planning. And you can still like, get pregnant. Like you don't you, use like any, any, rhythm, any method whatsoever. Which is, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Some no. people discern that that is the They're way their family it. is going to grow. Um, Scott right. Hahn's family, they yeah. talk about that. Yeah. That's the way they grew their family. They just 
they didn't do any charting. They didn't. They're going to they be open to happen. life as oh, it comes. Yeah. And that's that's. I think the important part about why the church would support natural family planning methods, right? Because it's respecting God's design for married love, right? It's yeah. that's why the, the term natural, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say even 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 the woman's like even respecting how he created woman and how he created man and how that goes together. Not only married life, but just his design in general, right? right? Like this is how he means babies to be created, and and in doing that. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And one thing that I really like about fertility awareness-based methods, when you when you go, when you learn from an instructor and you learn the proper way, oftentimes their focus is the couple, right? When you talk about birth control, it's usually about the woman or yeah. the man getting a vasectomy, right? Yeah. And it's one person. And it comes mm. from that whole mentality of my body, my choice. I'm yeah. a woman. I get to decide when and if I get pregnant and how and such. But in a sacramental marriage, you are not one person on your own anymore. Yeah. You are to become one flesh. And so yeah. then you have to look at fertility differently, yeah. right? And that doesn't mean that he gets to decide <laughs> when we get pregnant, right? Of course not. But what it is, is our fertility works together. Yes. So I am fertile as a woman. Maybe I'll say all women are fertile a couple of days every month. Right. Around 10 days every month, you are fertile. Men are fertile hundred percent of the time <laughs> from puberty until se- and at 75 it declines a little bit right. talk to Hugh Hefner okay <laughs> so um, as a couple then we are fertile a couple of days every month that's right right and that's what the focus needs to be and I love that about fertility awareness based based, based methods yeah. because our first meeting so before we were even married before we were sexually active going to that appointment and he came with me and she talked about cervical mucus and how you and it was all, and he was like what <laughs> it's quite the education <laughs> um and but her point was this is as much your responsibility yeah. as hers this is not on her to chart to be in charge of to yeah. do the discernment to decide when this is you as a couple asking God for the grace right. to know when it's time. Yeah. When do we when do we try for family and when do we need to abstain yeah. and avoid getting pregnant? With the caveat that at no point are we saying never again, yeah. right? At no yeah. point are we saying, no, no matter what changes, no matter what God puts on my heart, I'm never having another child. That's not the way Catholic, sacra- like, yeah. you know, the sacramental You're thing always open works. to life. Yeah. Always. always open to life, yeah. Which is what changes things, right? Yeah. Wow, I I just love it because you know, like you're right when you point it when you point that out that uh, usually the woman takes on the responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. This like th- just that bond is is strengthened when the couple's working together on their fertility. Yeah. Like I just love it, and it really changes the struggle, right? A lot of I've, I I mean yeah. I talk to a lot of women. We talk. Women talk a lot about sex right. when we are alone, and we talk about so, our marriages. So do guys. Yeah. <laughs> and we talk, Differently, but and yeah. we share our struggles, and we share, you know, and so often, if the responsibility is fully on the woman to know when she is fertile or when she is not, there's pressure. All she becomes is a gatekeeper yeah. to sex. Yeah. And then you've changed this, the view, right? I remember yeah. the first time. I hope you don't mind me sharing this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had we had plans in the evening, and then I had fertile signs, and we had discerned that we are not ready to get pregnant this time. We yeah. were spacing out our kids, and I just said, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah. we have to change our plans. And do you remember your response? Yeah. Do you want me to say it? Or do you want to say it? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He just was like, I'm the one that's fertile all the time. So yeah. like, don't apologize. Yeah. We've discerned this together. Right. And it was such a relief for me to be like, right. 
this is us. This is yeah, our yeah, discernment. Yeah. It's not like I've decided we can't have sex tonight because I don't want to get pregnant. Right. We prayerfully discerned this that, we, we that we're spacing out our children. Yeah. We're not ready yet. And so it's not like I'm depriving him of sexual relations. No, this is what we were. This is what we feel God is calling us to. Yeah. And yeah. we make the sacrifice. Yeah. And there is intimacy there, you know, being yeah. able to trust yeah. the other person to love you in that time of abstaining too, yeah. right? That's right. So, so yeah. yeah. So like, because uh, uh, we talked about a couple episodes ago uh, when we were talking about the beauty of sex, uh, people look at Catholics or people maybe who practice natural family planning sort of as prudes on sex and that mm-hmm. they're only allowed to have sex when they intend to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying here is that's that's just not the case. No. Like, you know? yeah. And I think there's a real blessing in that, right? Yeah. So the way fertility awareness-based methods work is before you are so everyone you're aware of your fertility (laughs) you are aware of your fertility exactly so a woman cycle goes like this estrogen rises lh surges she ovulates so an egg is released from the fallopian tubes estrogen falls um progesterone rises the lining of the uterus is built so that if that egg that's going down becomes fertilized it can hook into the wall the lining of the uterus if no egg is fertilized if no baby is created the progesterone falls, the woman gets her period, and the cycle starts over again. Now, as the estrogen rises, the cervix, so the cervix is the entrance into the uterus, okay? So the cervix and the vagina are different things, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Josh learned something today. That's amazing. (laughs) The vagina is the muscle, the cervix is the opening to the organ. So the baby, when you talk about a woman's dilation in when, when they're having a baby. When she's having a baby. Yeah, yeah. It's the cervix that's dilating yeah. and shortening. 10 centimeters, all that. Yeah. Exactly. So when the estrogen rises, a woman's cervix secretes this secretion that's super fertile. And when you look at it under a microscope, it's so cool. I know. I get so yeah, yeah, excited no, about yeah. this. <laughs> when you look at it under a microscope, it actually a looks... Highway. <laughs> like Like a highway. Like yeah. it's long columns. Like this. Yeah. Versus vaginal secretions, which are just like this. Like it's a bunch of X's. It's yeah. meant to stop semen from going further in to protect the woman from getting an infection. Yeah. Right. Whereas cervical, it's like it just sucks the semen right up into the uterus. Gives so, a highway. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that happens for about six days before the LH surges. So as the estrogen rises, th- that happens. Yeah. Then the LH surges and it causes your body to release an egg. And then the estrogen starts to fall. So the cervical mucus goes away. So if you are aware, there are a bunch of things that happen as the estrogen rises. So you can, the Creighton method follows just cervical mucus. So all you do Mm. is every time you go to the bathroom, now this is not, this is not a teaching. You should get an instructor, (laughs) but the simple version is you always, you wipe before you pee and after you pee every time. And you just look at the paper. So they actually tell you if you're a scruncher, you have to fold. (laughs) <laughs> you, have to, you have to convert <laughs> and then and then you can tell from the mucus and then you tell from the mucus and what you're supposed to do is yeah. see if you can pick it up and if you can stretch it to an inch it's fertile yeah and so basically as soon as you show fertile signs if you are ready to get pregnant every two days for that entirety of the cervical mucus being is best chance of getting pregnant until post peak is what we call it the peak is when the allergy surges if you're not ready to be pregnant, if you have discerned that this is not the time to become pregnant, then you abstain for those days. Usually it's five or six yep. in a healthy s- cycle, five or six days of fertile mucus, LH surges, and then you count after because you can ovulate 
within 48 hours before and 48 hours after the LH surge. It just yeah. happened somewhere around there. But semen can stay alive for up to six days in the cervical mucus because it's meant to keep Sperm semen alive. alive. It's, yeah. That's it's meant to do. It's meant to give it the best chance of fertilizing an egg. Yeah. So usually there's around 10 days of abstinence, 10 or 11, give, give or take everyone, yeah. but a healthy cycle. But so I remember when we went to our marriage preparation course and there was a couple teaching NFP, the woman was fantastic. She was excited about it. And then every time the man would talk, he'd be like, an abstinence, Ugh, 10 days of abstinence. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh, sorry, I think I banged the table. <laughs> I remember thinking if I was interested in that, he would have just, I would, if I were, especially if I were a man, I'd be like, oh, no, 10 days of abstinence. Yeah, no, he just convinced me. But what we have found, and what I have found in talking to so many other couples, when you practice NFP effectively and prayerfully, that because you know there's a period of abstinence coming, then you enjoy the time that you can more. You put more effort into it. And then you have 10 days of abstinence. It's kind of like a honeymoon period because you're like, we can again. It's like a little honeymoon that you can and you take more advantage of the time. And I think there's a real blessing in that. Whereas I think, I've heard it from so many married couples who can have, they can have sex whenever they want. They don't want to hmm. because it, there's more pressure. You yeah. can have it any night. So yeah. then it's like, Why? okay, no. It's, you know? it, it's funny too, because one of the things that I heard from marriage counselors and stuff talking about it was specifically that they would actually, uh, I think uh, there's a couple of celebrities that were talking about it too, that in their marriage counseling, they were given the advice that they should abstain from sex for two, a, a week mm-hmm. to two weeks per month just to have their relationship grow. And so basically so that um, people weren't feeling like objects or people weren't feeling yeah. like, you know. And so just automatically, NFP has that built into it that automatically now your relationship is not sexual for 10 days, meaning it's still it's still intimate. You can still be physical, you can still, but mm-hmm. it's not sexual, uh, you know. And so you, it's, it's just a, a form of intimacy that a lot of people might not actually have mm-hmm. otherwise, right? And I think if it's being taught properly, then yeah. that is built in, like, so in yeah. our instruction from Creighton, that was actually one of the course, like one of the evenings we went for, I don't know how many weeks, we went for lessons and one of them was like, how, how are you intimate without sex? Like, yeah. and how do you yeah, practice yeah. that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's good that it's, it's training for, you know, necessary periods of abstinence that happen at other time, like after, after a woman has as a child, there's, yeah. there's a period of absence. So if you have that kind of that training, that preparation or that, that expectation that mm-hmm. there's going to be, um, you know, a period of abstinence, you're, you're prepared. You, you know, you know, I've, I've been through this obstacle course before. Um, but it's in, in general, it's actually just really good for communication. It's really good for yes. practicing self-control. It's like, uh, it's like the, the analogy of Lent, uh, that we give in, um, kind of marriage prep is like, you know, I, I like scotch. So it's like, but I give up alcohol, all alcohol for Lent. It was like, but you know, that, uh, that first glass of scotch after Easter, is really really good, but it's like you've you know you've 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 done this exercise in kind of self control and virtue and just really respecting and appreciating you know that. that the, oh, it's funny you say yeah. that too because one of the things that comes to mind when you're saying after after Chrissy had our first kid, um, our first child, that's when I I remember thinking about what a gift for myself and my wife it was to abstain from sex before marriage. Because that was like what I remember Chrissy being, because it was about six weeks, right? Yeah. Or give or take, depending. Uh, but it was, it's, and I remember having that discussion with Chrissy and me saying kind of the same. It's just like, no, we survived six years 
together without sex like this is not like six weeks is nothing right and but understanding like this is not like this is what we choose to do this is what what we're doing this is why we're doing it you know so and then it also comes into play too like in other like not only when you you have a child and stuff but other other reasons potentially like cancer or Mm -hmm. other reasons why you would have to abstain specific times times of illness illness and disabilities (laughs) (laughs) when you have to sleep in the basement (laughs) all by yourself and locked up Um, and the other thing that we found is during times, so if anyone's listening and, you know, maybe they already practice NFP and it's a struggle because it is a struggle for a lot of people. It's, it's hardship. And I think what my prayer for you would be is if you can kind of change your focus, because it's like if you decide to eat healthy and the whole time that you're eating healthy, all you're thinking about is what you're missing out on. You're kind of missing the point of eating healthy, you know, and, and doing it for the right reasons. You're not thinking about, I'm, you know, And so if you can pray for the grace to change your focus so that you can start to focus on the self-giving part of marriage. And also we realized, so when we were first married in these times of abstinence, I was cold as ice. I was like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to like, don't nothing. (laughs) We're just like, just I'll see you in 10 days. Like that's how it's going to work. And um, I obviously ended up hurting him because he was like, I guess you just don't want me anymore. And I was just being, I was thought I was being protective of ourselves, of both of us. Be like, no, no, we'll just like pretend we're roommates for 10 days and then we can get back to life. Um, And it took us at a time to realize, no, no, we need yeah. more affection and more flirting and more sexy flirting during more periods, intimacy. more intimacy mm-hmm. during yeah. periods of abstinence than in any other time, because we can still express our desire for each other, right? We can still say, like, our, yeah. I wish we could. I want you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's yeah, a beauty yeah. in that. But also then to recognize <laughs> that if you prayerfully discern something ahead of time, don't drink two glasses of wine and rediscern yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, the discussion you have on the elevator ride from the hotel room yeah. rather than We we went away for a weekend. We had planned my sister took our children and she was like, Go away for the weekend and then as we were leading up to the weekend I realized we are going to be fertile oh, on yeah. this weekend. Uh, and we had we had Noah, Thaddeus and Samuel. I was in full-time NP school. Matt was working full-time. We were homeschooling our kids. We had three kids, three and under. Yeah. And Not a lot of time for yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and so we like got in the car and we drove to Toronto. And the, we first we started by praying a rosary. And then we were like, okay, like let's discern this. Because we got a hotel booked. We're going away. Yeah. What's, the, what's the plan here? And we, just, and we just talked about it. And we realized, like, no, we, we cannot be open to life at this. Like, we can't yeah. be open to a pregnancy right now. Physically, mentally, I... I couldn't do it. We something would have to give, and all of our other priorities were higher. And so we had our lovely weekend with no physical intimacy in that way. So we had rules: you can only kiss in the elevator, leaving the hotel room. (laughs) We did not drink, (laughs) but we went to Canada's Wonderland, and we went. We did a whole. We actually went to Wonderland. That's not a metaphor. We had a great, but we had a great weekend away, which we, oh my gosh. it wasn't, it wasn't focused on what we couldn't, it was okay. We, so we've discerned this now what now yeah. let's have fun. And, th- and that maybe addresses some of the misconceptions I think people may have about NFP is that the idea is like, okay, well, if it's just, if you're not using any, you know, strict kind of contraceptive, like, does that mean you need to have a baby every, 
<laughs> every 18 months, every yeah, every two no, years, yeah. like that's, you know, indefinitely until you can't anymore. Like, no, that's, you know, you, you look at your, your fertility holistically. You look at your openness to life over time. So, you know, is this a good time for us? Do we have the resources? Do we have, um, because, you know, not all resources are... Are, are you know financial or you know yeah. th- that you have limited bandwidth and if you already have you know a handful of kids um that's you know y- y- you you make these decisions like what's what's best for our family right and, now yeah. and you know what's w- what are we open to down the road yeah, yeah. and i think it's really cool John, jp2 talks about the fact that um a grave so you need to have a grave re- reason to yeah. abstain from yeah. being to abstain to not have more children and financial considerations are actually not considered a grave reason. Now, I mean, if you're on the verge of poverty, that's different. But being like, I would like to be able to take my kids on vacation. That's that's, not. That's not actually a grave reason. And you know what he says is so cool. He's like, you are depriving your child of the chance to have siblings. And that's, to him, that's a grave thing. Like, so how much better would it be for that child to have siblings than for you to take your kids to Disney World every year? And I thought that was such, like, the importance of siblings is so important to him that that was a grave for him. Having play dates every single day of their life versus that one chance on a holiday or whatever else. Yeah, Yeah, it's so cool. And, I mean, Josh, we come from a family of nine Nine. children, and I think we're really blessed in... yeah. Like ninety percent of the relationships are really good. <laughs> um, no, but like still into adulthood, we yeah. have these great. These are my best friends still, and what a gift that is. You know? Yeah, and it does come down to like so for me and Chrissy, we had uh, for people that didn't know, we we had four boys, you know, and pretty much, and we were able to space them out, kind of same thing, right? Two years apart. But then I I became disabled for three years, and I we were on disability. Chrissy wasn't working because she couldn't work, and and we were living off disability for three years, which was just not possible. Like we were starving <laughs> uh, at that point, and so that was the time where we we seriously had to consider what we were doing in for that reason. And then afterwards. Um, I, I was getting better and, and I was able to walk again and all these other things that were kind of going on. And so then, and then we had to, okay, okay, now, now we can be more open to things, you know what I mean? And, and kind of be able to change our approach, uh, to how, how we dealt with it, which is, yeah. it's a different, if it, 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 people don't realize that the church allows for that, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? Like that, 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 no, this makes sense. You know? And I think there is a real, I think there, I've seen, yeah. there is a real grace in marriages where you take it seriously and you yeah. don't just, you're not flippant about your fertility where yes. you, mm-hmm. where you discern it. And I would say God is very faithful. Yeah. So at the beginning of our marriage, I, I basically, I just prayed. It's like, Lord, I want to have every child that you have for me. I don't want to miss out on one, but I would, like to know that you want them like can you put the desire in my heart and if i don't discern properly just make it happen anyway yeah like just but i i just had seen so many friends of mine struggle with unexpected pregnancies i was like can you just can you give me the desire first give me and and lead me in that way and if i don't hear you i still want the baby like i don't want you to go on my saying no as a (laughs) i'm giving you permission now in like a carte blanche yeah and, and he's faithful. So we had Noah and Thaddeus, and we spaced them out. You know, we, yep. we uh, natural family planning. And then I remember Thaddeus was a very easy baby. And when he was four weeks old, I was standing there, and I was holding him, and I was looking out the window, and I remember thinking, I could do this again, really. I could do, <laughs> I, I could do Irish twins. And then I was like, whoa, God, if that's you asking, this is me saying no. And I didn't talk to Matt. I didn't take it to prayer. I didn't discern it any further. It was like... The desire was in my heart, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Nope. 
Well, <laughs> turns out fertility awareness-based methods work best when used perfectly and not typically. And so we had 10 days of fertile mucus and I was two and a half months postpartum. And I was like, I'm probably not going to ovulate. We're safe. Let's go. Got pregnant. Yeah. And I, you know what? My response, I was like, God, you are so faithful because yeah. you gave me the desire. I said no, and you were faithful to my, you, you knew that what my desire, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we named him Samuel, which means asked of God, yeah. because he was, even though he was unexpected, even though he was the Irish twin, yeah. he, he was asked of God, yeah. you know? Yeah, and for, the, for those who may take that as kind of uh, looking at the method as, as unreliable, there's yeah. like, we were still operating within the method to say, we were aware, yeah. we yes. were just Technically, open. we were trying to conceive yeah. because yeah. we had 10 days of fertile mucus. If yeah. you use on a fertile and, mucus that you are trying to conceive. That's that's it. Like, yeah. like, it's yeah. like, it's like you don't step onto the ice yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 unless you plan on doing a little skating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have about five minutes left here. And um, what would you say to someone, you know, a couple... Who who's not currently using natural family planning, they're using uh, birth control, uh, contraception, that sort of thing. Like, where do they begin to start to have that conversation with each other? Where do they start, you know, where where do they even start to chart and to do all these things that might seem as extra work? Like, how do you start that conversation if you're not currently doing it now? I'd say start with prayer. First of all, is if they if you're listening and you have a desire in your heart, that is God <laughs> calling you. God call he convicts, right? So um start with prayer. Just say, "Okay, Lord, I hear the desire. I hear the now I'll give it to you because I don't know how to do the next step." Yeah. Then you go on Google <laughs> and you look up Creighton instructors in my area or you look up Marquette method in my area I would say those are the two best documented Spell. and best researched C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N ding 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 yeah. Creighton method would be preferable for those people who have fertility issues if you have abnormal cycles if you've been told you have PCOS if you have very short cycles if you have abnormal bleeding Creighton method because it has NAPRO technology which is Wonderful. I have progesterone issues. I would have been the person that has miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And because it was discovered right at the beginning uh, when we first took the course, I we've been able to have, well, I'm, Five. this is, well, we did have one very early miscarriage, yeah. um, but that wasn't a progesterone issue. So, um, yeah, but um, so that would be the better one. If you have a really normal cycle, if you're the person's like, well, my cycle is 28 days every single time. Yeah. Um, then Marquette method, really great, uses LH strips and it actually measures your fertility that way. It tells yeah. you when your estrogen rises, it's a, you can use a monitor, yeah. you can use strips, slightly more expensive, but the nice thing is- you can set your watch to it. But you can set your watch to <laughs> yeah. it. We use right. it postpartum now because my cycle's not back to normal yeah. and, uh, and it just gives peace of mind to be yeah. like, it's, when we are fertile and when we're not. It's the method me and Chrissy use as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then once, like once I'm done breastfeeding and my cycles go back to normal, I don't need to anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that one is, so I think most of the women I know use Marquette method yeah. now. In Ontario, there is a doctor who's providing um, OHIP-covered Marquette method teaching because it is, it's a fertility aware, awareness-based method. The FDA in the States, physicians are supposed to offer it as a natural alternative to birth control, an effective natural alternative to birth control. That hasn't come to Canada as far yet, yeah. but the movement is heading that way. That's great. So those are the two I would recommend as the highest, as the ones that work best and have the most research and they are um, 
the most scientific. So these these methods. So just to kind of wrap up too, yeah. that these are free. I mean, in a, in a way. I mean, you might have to pay for a so, course or something. But, yes. But but in the methods themselves, once you have the knowledge, like once you've gained the knowledge, it's a free form. You're not buying yeah. things once a month necessarily, if you don't want to. Yeah. Um. They are they are non um, chemical. Yes. Right. And so they're they are they're chemical free, if you will, yeah. and you're not putting something in your body that wasn't there naturally. Yeah. Um. What what are the other kind of things that come off the top? I mean. Uh, so there are no side effects. There's no right? side effects. No, yeah. no uh, breast tenderness, depression, low libido, weight gain, which are the most common side effects to birth control. There's no side effects. Yeah. The side effect is pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, if not used correctly, yeah. that is a side effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I, th- I think for people who are interested and don't really know kind of w- where to get started, like I think that's that's kind of the, the first shift in mentality that kind of needs to happen, that like fertility is is not this, not you know. Curse. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a gift. And uh, like just that shifting that mentality to like looking at your, your fertility as a couple, looking at it as a gift within your marriage, um, looking at ways to work within that to, you know, plan your family to to make those decisions to kind of discern um and look at ways of being you know intimate uh in in you know the full range of of what that word means amazing you know uh thank you so much for this because this has been uh, helpful you know a good discussion and i'm sure so many people uh because we don't hear about this often you know and uh, so many people will will just find so much grace from what you've shared and and thanks for being so open about your marriage and and sharing and embarrassing matt a little bit you know we do that too when you're not here (laughs) it's like marriage prep all over again (laughs) and uh yeah thanks for sharing and uh, we're going to continue to pray for you uh in your current pregnancy yeah yeah, thank you. you guys as, as a married couple. Okay. Uh, if anyone has any questions or comments, we will send them to Teresa Marie. Uh, we will. Uh, you can uh, send them to us at the Catholic Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave them right on our YouTube channel or our Facebook and Instagram. Uh, for Josh Sullivan, Matt, and Teresa Marie Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on the Catholic Buzz. 